The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. While many of the people here have some form of mental health training, they are not your mental health professional. This podcast is not a replacement for mental or physical care or for the diagnosis of any mental health illness or condition. So hello, and thank you for joining us once again for the Guardians Mental Health Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe. With me tonight is Matt. Hi. And we're being joined tonight by our special mystery guest, which we'll get to in a minute. I'm really excited about this. Can we stop? Who, who is it? You've been, you've been literally like teasing me since Tuesday. You have like 30 seconds and then you'll find out. So I got to finish this. If you're joining us for the first time, Guardians Mental Health is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community. We strive to be a first step assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is another way to normalize talking about mental health and as a fusion of mental health topics and gaming. Please welcome our special mystery guest tonight. Who's got their camera off? And you will see in just a moment. So the cool thing is about this. Now we're jumping right back into it. And I'm going to ramble just for a moment because I really love this. It's been it's been uh, really exciting with everything that's happened uh, throughout this year. And we've got a lot of great opportunities to do a lot of uh, conventions and stuff like that. And Matt, you and you and Amanda are doing a convention tomorrow uh, down in New Jersey, which is absolutely fantastic. I know you'll you'll do a uh, promo for it at the end a plug yeah. a promo plug plug you're you're a promo plug that could be taken a few different ways <laughs> but nonetheless i'd like to introduce dr goku coming back to the guardians mental health podcast and doc welcome back and what a video <laughs> man <laughs> i've missed he you guys returned <laughs> That was amazing. Yes, everybody. That was uh, <laughs> that was a lot of screaming. Um, the man. That's the myth. That's the legend. <laughs> What's it's going been on? A long man? time. It has been a long time. Yes. Yep. Oh that- my! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Let's back. No. So coming back after a eight or nine month hiatus. Um, so, going through, sometime in February. <laughs> yeah, going through uh, getting his full, being fully licensed psychologist now, 9,000 plus hours and passing his E triple P's is none other than Dr. Jean Luc Williams. And you know him as Dr. Goku. Wrong arm. There we go. <laughs> Wrong arm. So, what's up, man? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm I'm so happy to finally be back. I bet we're I'm, glad to have you back. I'm happy you're back. Thank <laughs> you for being back. <laughs> it even looks like in that amount of time you've added more stuff to your shelves behind you. Well, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, That's one or two. Yeah, but, I'm gonna have to take another picture because there's a couple things missing. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you're going to have to, you're gonna, you got to update that, man. You should have been yeah, more on the ball. Moon's there now, so. Yeah, you should. Um, you know what? We're going to end the podcast, um, and we're going to come back, and uh, you'll have an updated backdrop for us. That way, <laughs> everybody can be current. No, uh, 
No, it's awesome having you back on, man. I'm really excited. Um, we've all missed you and everything. Nate's in I've chat been working right in now, the background. Working. Yes, you have. We we you have daily. Um, so but we've kind of kept it a secret with you know you coming back on the podcast, even though when you let me know uh earlier this week that you know mm. everything you know you're you were coming back and everything we were good to go. And I put it in the chat, like we have a mystery, mystery returning guest. And Matt, first thing. <laughs> Gotta build the subs- suspense. Is Doc coming back? And it's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was my first guess. Let's be, let's be fair. It yeah, was it my was. first guess. Yes, it was. And then I was hanging out in the chat, one of the, just the like general chats last night, working on stuff. And Nate pops in and he goes, who's the mystery guest? Is Doc coming back? And I'm like, no (laughs) but yeah no you're back now so uh you know tell us a little bit about what what's been going on tell us a little bit about your adventures in the e triple p and so this past year has been it's been something Uh, so i've been away since february and we'll kind of detail that uh my exit or hiatus in, in another show but i had to step away and just do some admin work due to a, a situation and it, it was kind of the kick in the ass that I needed to finally get licensed which is something I knew I had to do but I had been putting it putting off for a little while because it's a pain and having two kids in the job and say something I was saying I was eventually going to get there but it, it was something that I needed to get done and that exam was grueling. Like the uh, the video showed, it. I think it was almost three or four months of waking up at like 6-something a.m., studying for like an hour and a half, going to work, seeing clients, taking care of the kids, then studying from like 8 to like 12. It was like four months straight of that. For 90 days straight. Oh my god! And I know we've all seen um, pictures of the totes full of oh, resources oh and material god. that you had to review. That was absolutely just intense to even that just bonfire look at. was extremely cathartic. I bet it was. You looked uh, really excited, you know. And you know what? I don't get very many, you know, full body shots of you next to an open flame. Kind of <laughs> was kind of mesmerized. I know. Bit. No. <laughs> No, but uh, easy, Joe. Bring it back. Bring I'm it sure. back, buddy. I'm reeling it back in. I got self control. Don't you worry. Yeah. It's a little. Do but you? I got a, no, not yeah, really. With with COVID, it was kind of it was kind of difficult because there was these extra added measures of um, health security. But even though I I've never been in an exam where I had a camera pointed at my face the entire time, where I had to get fingerprinted to go into the room. Oh, you've never been in prison. No. Uh, oh, no, no you I have, have been, been prison. in prison. <laughs> yes, I have. That's I right. did work in prison for a year. <laughs> you worked at one. Sorry, that joke backfired. Um, <laughs> no, that's in, that's 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 got to be intense right now. And uh, was that due to just the COVID uh, like restrictions and stuff? No, it, the way that the each row P is done. So it's an exam that's built. Uh, so, as everyone knows, I'm in Canada, but it's a U.S.-based exam built through Pearson. And uh, it, well, it has to Pearson. be done. 
Oh, Pearson. <laughs> oh, Pearson. So it's the ASPPB, AATBS, and Pearson to kind of all collaborated on this damn of an exam. God bless you. To, to make these security measures to make sure people don't cheat. So when you go into the room, you are not allowed to have a smartwatch or a watch at all. Nothing. <laughs> you have to um, put your phone in a locker. You have to get your picture taken. You have to have your hands scanned and fingerprinted to go in and out the room. And you are not allowed a water bottle, not allowed anything other than your person. And you have to show inside your pockets and your forearms. It's quite the thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No hats or anything either. I remember when I took the the C, I basically like had to, I couldn't even take a jacket in. I couldn't take anything. Yeah. I had my hoodie and I had to show. Yeah. I have nothing in the hoodie. (laughs) See, they wouldn't even let me bring the hoodie. I had to stow that away into a closet too. Uh, It was, yeah, no, they take it super cereal. Yeah, cereal? They... yeah, cereal, bro. Cinnamon Toast <laughs> Crunch status. No Lucky Charms. No, I'm not. I'm not a Lucky Charms guy. You no. would think a fat man like myself would like Lucky Charms. Nah, Cinnamon Toast uh, Crunch. I've just recently rediscovered tricks. Never got They're into not just for kids. <laughs> They're not though. <laughs> no, but that exam was like four hours of hell. It was all multiple choice, all multiple choice, but again, it's not the right answer. It's choose the best answer of all four, mm-hmm. which to me is just mind boggling. Uh huh. And the the stress of did I pass? Did I pass? Did I pass? Because they they only make you wait like five minutes to get your results, and then you just almost drop from sheer exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know this feeling all too well because it just happened to me in July. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they don't tell you the results, but then it's like, how was your experience here at Pearson? And I'm like, I don't care. Give me my, <laughs> just give me the results. results. And no, it is one of those things where you see like the pass and I almost got up and started screaming, but I'm like, can't do that. I'll get yelled at. <laughs> so Yeah. There are other I'm people like, still doing their exams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's, again, they're super serious about this stuff. That's, am- that's amazing, though. Yeah, so as soon as that I'm was so done, <laughs> it was the, all right, so now we wait uh, for the second exam, which is the the interview slash oral examination for the, um, the provincial college, which they only hold twice a year. Oof. So depending on when you uh, do your exam, you have to have the exam uh, results in by a certain date. So if you screw up or you don't pass, you're really super stressed to, okay, do I have enough time to pass it? Yeah. Because I wanted to do it for the previous one, which was in May. But when I started studying, it was February, early March. And I think I had like two, three weeks to study and pass the exams. Like, yeah, no, this this, this ain't happening. <laughs> so... What is all of this? I mean, I know what it means, but for those who might not know, what does all this mean now (laughs) for you? So now I am fully licensed, so I I can now use the term of psychologist. I am now a licensed psychologist, which still feels weird to say. (laughs) 
fantastic. I bet it does, been, but it's got to feel good, too. It, it feels good, but weird because I've been conditioned for the past 15 years to say, no, no, can't say psychologist. You're the right. intern, you're a doctoral student, you're a resident, because mm-hmm. you can't use psychologists again until you're licensed. So it's kind of been ingrained in my brain. So what are you I now? Have the, I am a licensed psychologist. There you go. <laughs> and, it feel, and it feels good. And it feels so good. Oh, it's... Matt's, Matt's Christmas album's coming out next month. <laughs> it is. I'm trying to rival Mariah Carey. We'll see what happens. <laughs> whoa, whoa, back it up, Chief. Okay. Listen, shots fired on the Guardians Mental Health Podcast against Mariah Carey. <laughs> you have a high bar to reach there. Well, listen, I can try to hit a high note every so often. <laughs> hey, October 31st at like 11, 59, 59 seconds, everything starts to switch over to my Mariah Carey. Oh, it's yeah. It's ridiculous. The whole internet switched over to Mariah Carey. I thought I knew uh, you guys, uh, but now I truly don't. <coughs> what? I apparently I'm not hip. I don't Mariah Carey does not make a cameo in the house for the holidays. How dare you? What? It's like That's almost illegal. No, because I got the old school stuff, man. I got the claymation. I got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman and Drummer Boy and pretty much every cartoon you grew up with already switched to the television. So you need Mariah Carey in your life. <laughs> yeah, he needs more Mariah Carey in his life. Evil Mariah Carey. <laughs> well, you know what? If that's the case, then you guys know what to get me for Christmas. What? <laughs> that's easy. That's that done. <laughs> let me see. Let me see if she's on cameo. I'll get you a cameo from no. Mariah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I was thinking just like uh, you know, maybe a Spotify playlist, but <laughs> but no, that'd be the easy way out. It would be the easy way out, and I was all for it. But no, it's really easy. exciting uh, because since you officially like put your name down to take the e triple p you were like muzzled so you weren't allowed yep. to appear on anything all because you were going for that test so you had to be it was extremely strict on how closely they monitored which is blows my mind because some people get away with like a ton of crap <laughs> a ton of crap and like streaming like studying for the goddamn thing it's like okay i don't know how that works but anyways um that's a different thing but it's you weren't so with the nonprofit, we are focused on mental health in the gaming community which was really hard for you because uh you're one of our board members and directors so it made it really really difficult and it put a lot of pressure on matthew um for trying to fill in and uh you know, help out as much as possible. And a lot of people did a lot of uh, heavy lifting and all came together. So it was really, really uh, amazing to see the team come together um, through that course of time. And the only thing they gave you permission to do really was administrative. So you could only be a part of board meetings, doing votes and just the inner workings of it. You couldn't talk about programs that we were doing. You couldn't talk about anything with the kits and materials or anything. It was literally team members day to day. And that was it. And that was hard. I don't know what right. size uh, shoe you wear, but pretty damn big to fill. <laughs> it's like lie. 11. It's 11 and a half. <laughs> 10. 
Dan. I was going to ask close. Joe, how, how and why would you know his shoe <laughs> size? Dude, you have no idea how many frequent flyer miles I have. And he's got big bay windows, just so you know. If you stand on the side, um, no, I'm kidding. Um, you want me to like text you mind? Like, do you keep a record of this? You know what? I got two kids, man. Um, shoe sizes and clothing what? sizes. It's like, what, what's Sadie's shoe size? It's it's a three. Got it. And I won't ask that question again till next year because it's ingrained in my head. So I know my wife carries uh cut out like little cardboard feet of our kids of our kids' feet in her purse. Like, oh, shoe shopping. Stop does it. this fit? Stop no, it. She does. You're kidding me. Great. Hey, it works. Does it does, does yeah. this look right? Yeah, it works. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna have to have Miss Goku uh make a cameo on screen sometime because it's been six years. You and I have known each other, and I have uh, never seen her. Four. No, four. it's been longer than that. That was just for incorporate. You know, when we became a nonprofit, that doesn't count from the beginning, which was 2017. So six years, six years. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like it, does it? No, no. Yeah. When you asked me today for that information, and it's like. I know exactly where all this, all the paperwork is and everything. You're like, when, when did we become a nonprofit? You know, I'm writing something up and everything. It's like uh, 2019, we officially became a 501c3 nonprofit, but we have been together doing work in this uh, community since 2017. So we were at it for three, two and a half years prior to to becoming uh, a nonprofit you know in the you know in the nonprofit sector which is really exciting too yeah even and Nate's we saying through. he's never seen her nobody's seen her she's like a ghost I've no she's yeah, upstairs no. sleeping go wake her up we'll wait <laughs> oh no I don't want to die that's <laughs> not how that works <laughs> that ain't how that works <laughs> well cool awesome um well, we got some really exciting things uh, planned for the future and everything, and I'm really excited to, you know, get you back in the saddle and, you know, start I'm happy to uh, get back to work, you know, have you, you know, start doing some some fun, exciting things. And, you know, one of those being the podcast, you know, because I know you really enjoy doing this and uh, it was something that you look forward to. And I could see how excited you were, even when you like drove us crazy when you were like, can you hear me? Is it can you, can you is it working? Now? Let me let me reset <laughs> for like ten minutes. Um, yeah, that the that Yeti mic just got gave me problems. <laughs> anxiety, and then you put it on Craigslist and gave it to somebody else. <laughs> yep, you, you gave somebody else your headache. No, I, I don't know if it's just the PC because when I was using it on my Mac, it worked worked fine. Yeah, but it was something on. I don't know for the PC just did not want to work. You know, what's funny about that whole thing with his background, the microphones on his backside. Yeah. Did you notice that? I, I need a I new house it. with an actual room. Cause well, you'll get there to, eventually. I need to what's figure out how to position. What do you mean position? Is this. <laughs> it's, a, it's almost like a daycare. Oh yeah, dude. I, you know what? For, for the first couple of years that we did the podcast, uh, 
when I lived way out in the country, uh, when I sold the house, that was up on the lake, uh, where I recorded was literally in the three season room. So at any moment you saw like right into the living room and everything. And I had to keep <laughs> my voice kind of low. Couldn't get too excited. So it was like really hard, but now I'm now we can do whatever a, we want. 110 year old <laughs> home that I'm renovating myself. And I have my own office that's separate from the house. So I can be as loud as I want. Well, at least you bought it before the housing boom. Yes. Yes, uh, I did. I actually got really fortunate with it. Um, uh, It's been an exciting thing. Like I've always done the renovations and stuff on, on homes, you know, that I've lived in myself. And I have a lot of friends that are master craftsmen and plumbers and stuff like that. So they always give me a hand if I need it or just point me in the right direction and I'll take care of it myself. So it's been really exciting. It's just when we looked at this, it's like, this has the space we need. It's like 2,700 square feet. It's like four floors. Like it's a massive house. The yard is like, <laughs> you. it's like a putting green um, where I went from like 19 acres, bought it up on a lake like next to like thousands of acres of state land to a putting green. Um, but the house is what we really needed, you know? Uh, and it's like, you know what? Oh, I could, I could take care of that. You know, I could do that. Well, I could update that, that, and that. And then I started digging into it. It's like, Oh yeah, that's right. This is a 110 year old house. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of history and layers to everything. <laughs> I pulled up one carpet. There was five more layers. It was like a time capsule of the <laughs> ages. And I found out that my daughter's bedroom was actually a kitchen at one point um, because this was a like duplex. And no. then I don't know when, but somebody bought it and opened it up. And uh, I found the original like side, you know, the original part where they came in. Uh, uh, the bedroom two bedrooms upstairs were literally it was like a living room and then the kitchen and i dude it was the wildest thing i pulled up one carpet there was another carpet they didn't believe in carpet pad carpet pad was like 40 years underneath maybe 60 <laughs> and you move the carpet move the carpet you get to the shag carpet it's like okay this is like early 70s this is the 70s yeah. Yep. And then you move that. And then it was like literally like a brick pattern, like linoleum. I'm like, okay, this is like the fifties, fifties, forties. And then it was beautiful Oak floors underneath all the way at the bottom. But the carpet pad that was on top of that, like layer was dust. And even the shop vac wouldn't even keep it in. And I just had to run a window and put a mask on. It was the worst thing ever. So now I know better. And uh, I got everything else up and put a, a new floor down in the hall, but I redid all the bedroom floors, uh, the oak, oak wood, and it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's like, why would you cover this up? It's absolutely amazing. So no, uh, any, do we, do we really want where, to spend time talking about renovation? Where now? did we go? Off the rails. <laughs> it's a Guardians like, MH podcast. Listen to the pot. We yeah, derail exactly. all the time. This is yeah. total, total normal. Yeah. Like Nate said, when a renovation becomes an archaeological dig, like you just find history in there. And I'm I'm still hopeful that I'm going to take a wall out 
and there's going to be like a box with like gold or something in it. <laughs> it's you like know, because that old person that's just like didn't believe in banks or anything and just stuffed everything in a hole in the wall and like a little tin. And it's like you uncover it and it's like, oh, my God, I could finally retire, even though I'm retiring in 15 years. But, you know, so it, is this the house that you were, is the current house? The current yeah. house is not the one that's haunted, right? No, no. Okay, see, uh, since you've been, since we haven't recorded since September, so since September, uh, we hosted a booth down in New York City at New York City Comic Con. Great experience and a lot of fun. fun The fun experience was I found out that in New Jersey, you can't make left turns in Manstown. No, that was that was interesting. You can't Um, make left turns. No. Majority of Jersey is uh, no left turns because they use jug handles, which basically means you make a right and swoop all the way around to the other side. I personally don't like it. I didn't choose to move here. It was just convenient and financially responsible. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. And then the other interesting is uh, quite interesting of trying to plan a route doing right right hand turns. Yeah. Like you Luckily, see where you got to go. I work and right then there. You drive a mile up. <laughs> Um, but the other fun part was I got to visit Matt's house daily. Um, beautiful house, love all of his animals, love listening to him and Amanda live and in person. <laughs> and uh but Matt got to see a side of me that rarely people get to see. And I like to tell stories, and I like to tell like spooky stories that have happened to me, and every single one I've told to him it was like three of them and he's sitting there just like eyes rolling in the back of his head like there's this is no no whatever the greatest way the greatest part was we had joe retell the stories to one of my to one of my one of my best friends anthony oh yeah anthony's in the back seat listening to this and at the end of it goes i mean all right but i don't believe a word you're saying (laughs) i dude can't make this stuff up can't make this stuff up. I'll tell them stories anytime, but they were like the creepiest, weirdest things that have ever happened. And three of them stick out to me, but the house that I used to live in was haunted um, to an extent. And uh, yeah, it was really creepy. Amanda just came in. She was like, Oh, I want to hear the stories again. Yeah, no, you will hear them again very shortly. You know, I wanted to do a spooky story thing. For Halloween, we never got around to it. We got busy and things came up. But uh, okay, we we're gonna do a spooky story night. Uh, we'll do like a nightmare before Christmas. That's, that's a good idea for a stream. Joe's spooky story night. Oh, it ain't gonna be just me. Like I, <laughs> like even Doctor Morales loves spooky stories and everything. She's got her own too. Um, me and her talked one night while I was streaming like a year ago, and she was going into some stories too, and she loves this stuff. And then uh, Nick Kelly um, from uh, uh, Happy Hour in the Tower uh, loves spooky stories, too. So there's several people that actually, like, really get into this. And it's just going to be really fun being on a call like this and just everybody just telling stories and everything. And I'd love to get, like, chat, like, sharing stories, too. I think that would be wildly fun. So needless to say, uh, they're really exciting stories. And, um, yeah. Matt, so Matt we haven't done so we haven't done this since did we do this since pax oh we did pax pax west it's was the September last one September 13th 
our PAX West wrap up was our yep, last it podcast. Was the week after it was with uh, Miss uh, Camilla Panda. Yeah, was on with us. So we've been on a little hiatus. We've been kind of a little bit waiting for for Doc um, in a way, we've been and then, busy uh, with a super secret project. Yep, and then uh, everybody's just been really busy. Um, lately, we had New York City Comic Con. We had other things we were working on. We had a a project that we were working on that took a lot of attention. That uh, uh, we uh, have an NDA on, but we'll be able to talk about it here shortly. Ooh, and really, Ooh, yeah. The one thing I learned is don't mess with legal departments. Um, <gasps> yeah, they're not fun. Uh, you guys don't get those emails. I do. Um, <laughs> oh, you shared some of them. I love, I, uh, love I shared you, Joe. one. <laughs> <laughs> there are more, trust me. And then, uh, also, uh, Nate is also working some crazy graveyard hours, uh, at his job. Um, working like from nine at night till like six in the morning. And that's going to be all the way through Christmas. And, and I don't know about you, Matt. I don't know if you're feeling the, uh, the October, November, like um, just onslaught of clients. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, it's something since- I've, I talked to some people about is every January ish, there's like an influx, and then over the summer it kind of peters out. But it's really October, late September, October, and November. It's it's crazy, it, and in terms of how many clients are requesting to see a, a therapist, yeah. And well, I'm so at a point where. I'm at a point where I say, do, do as I say, not as I do, because, yeah, I, I kind of don't listen to my own advice sometimes, of <laughs> I, I'm booking clients during my lunch hour. Yeah. Because oh, it's either I see you during my lunch hour or I see you in a month. So you're talking yeah. to them while you're eating a sandwich? Oh, no, I take like five minutes to scarf down the subway. <laughs> Basically. God. Thank yeah. you. And then, the dishes. then it sits like right here for the rest of the day. <laughs> So interestingly enough, since I transitioned to like a different job, actually, which is why I'm working from there, um, there's definitely been an influx too, unfortunately. And I think it happens a lot here of admissions into like an inpatient or um, like that level of uh, care. I've seen a lot of that, unfortunately, kind of come through where I'm you know, meeting with other social workers and talking with families on, you know, next steps, what to do, things like that. Part-time though, yeah, I've had a lot, a lot of hits recently on like, um, on psychology today. I've had emails of like, hey, you accepting clients? Hey, you accepting clients? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I got like a few open spots left, but yeah. It's the mental um, no. health professional guilt of, I have no more room, but I can take one more. Yeah, always. Always. Oh, I was awful with that. I think, too, when I first started out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I would take... So, when I first started out, like, working within, like, a private practice, but I was working under um, under someone, I just took anybody. And, like, I was only supposed to see, like, maybe four a night because I was part-time. I was like, no, I'll come in early. No, I'll meet you on the weekend. No, I'll do this. Because 
I and I think too the other reason is we kind of recognize like this time of year is really rough for a large majority of people. Uh, so it gets darker it, a lot early, earlier. There's mm-hmm. a lot of holidays hitting. It, yeah. It's just a very difficult time, and even more so now with the onslaughts of the pandemic, it yeah. makes it that much harder. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. You get the seasonal sort of depression that really hits around this time. Um, you know, whose family's not talking to who, who's not coming to Thanksgiving, who's, you know, and it, it, it adds up too, because it does equal and bring up a lot of significant, you know, family, uh, interpersonal kind of issues and it adds up and it sometimes boils out into something not great. (laughs) That's the way that I can put that. A few years ago when just when I graduated, as soon as I I got my, my doctorate, it was like, Oh yeah, I got my doctorates. I'm I'm working private practice. I just kind of have to prove myself. I I had been working there a few years prior, but it's Mm -hmm. the demand is there. We were not a lot of psychologists there. Uh, Let's, Bring on the clients. Yeah. And there came to a point where I looked at my caseload on my, my online practice manager, and I was up to like 120 or 130 clients at, on an active caseload. And wow, I, I had to kind of step back, and I asked some colleagues in the practice and outside of the practicing, mm-hmm. how many clients do you have? Yeah. And I saw a couple of of the colleagues that I have online that they said, yeah, I have about 60 clients on my active caseload and I have like 80 clients. I was like, I have 120. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot to do individual psychotherapy with. Mm -hmm. Like on my, I'm only doing the best management to to those clients because it, it was yeah, I'll see you in six weeks. <laughs> yeah. So see, my caseload now is my caseload is that number for my full time job, but my full time I'm no longer doing like in depth psychotherapy. I'm doing case management services. So I'm providing referrals. I'm doing um, almost like triaging in a sense. Like, what do you need? How can I get it for you? Let's set this up. All right, I'll check back in next week. So my phone calls are 10, 15 minutes, maybe, right? So I, that's 120 just doing that. I'm doing, 120 doing individual psychotherapy. I'm doing 50 to 60-minute sessions. Yeah. And I brought it down to 80, and I found like 80 is like, like my sweet spot. Yeah. Where I am really busy. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so overly busy that I'm seeing people in six weeks or right or more. You know, and the, and the other thing I I, I always kind of notice too is the you know, and this is the all this is the constant struggle in this field of managing having a manageable caseload, and that typically leads to optimal care for the patients that you have on that caseload. Because if you have a manageable caseload, you're more likely to output much better you know you're more likely to get better results right because you're putting time and attention and care if you're doing rapid fire right by the end of the night you're like mentally drained i can i I, i'll speak for myself because i notice it on days where 
uh, I think it was two, no, last week on, on Wednesdays, I do a day at a, a local university where I, I see students for therapy. Mm. And on that day, it just so happened for, I don't know what reason that I had four clients rather than my typical six or seven. And I had like a three hour chunk of, I have two open slots and my lunch. And I was able to consult with the team. I was able to do some notes. I was able to do some treatment planning. I was like, this is great. And the quality of therapy that was I was able to give was so much better right. than that seventh client that I've just haven't really gotten out of my chair other than going to go get the client at the waiting room and to go pee. Right. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to... I gotta have a I gotta have a word with uh, Mr. Joe sooner or later because I may also be transitioning into a crisis line. Oh, fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So where I work also has a crisis line, um, and I may be doing a little extra overtime. So I may need to pick your brain eventually, and you know get some pointers. Anytime. Um. It. I volunteered once last week. Uh, it's you been volunteer really... a tribute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I volunteered as tribute as a crisis counselor on the crisis text line for going on two years now. Um, and actually one of our senior moderators is actually a crisis counselor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been not a severe uptick yet, but going off of what I see last year, um, what I saw last year is like the week leading into Thanksgiving and then all of December and really yeah. hitting around just, you know, Christmas and new year's. It's really, the queue is so long that that is roughly around the time of year that I will get text messages asking, and it's a blanket text for all crisis counselors on their platform. If can you log on and help with the queue? And that's the only time of year that I see that happen. But no, it, you know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, I think you'll do great. I think you'll do great at it. And you'll absolutely love it. It's it's a yeah. different animal. And with the interactions that you've had online and what you do in your day-to-day, dude, you'll, you'll absolutely crush it and you'll feel right at home. Just, yeah. Uh, I, I only do it for like two to three hours a night and that's it because anything more if there's an active rescue or if there's a really deep conversation that that's pretty exhausting oh yeah it it really is yeah i used to hit you up after i when i first started doc i remember that yeah it's like hey how'd the volunteering go tonight it's like oh my (laughs) like dude (laughs) self-care is something that you really got to focus on and uh yeah yeah, I've never done. Something... Oh, go ahead, man. No, I've never done like I haven't done crisis like crisis text line or crisis sort of like a or even like a mo- like a mobile crisis. I haven't worked for that. The closest I really came to was just my time like working in the emergency room, um, and that even is still a little bit after the crisis because they're safe once they walk into the emergency room. Realistically, I'm just seeing them at their most acute. Um, that's the closest that I've actually ever gotten. Um, so it's a little bit of a new adventure. So I'm kind of excited. 
Yeah, depending um, on the platform, actually, it's really interesting. As you get going, you'll see your files and everything, and you could actually review them and see the data of yeah. what the majority of your conversations are, are surrounded by. Like, mm-hmm. if it's depression based, if it's this, 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 and uh, I really like looking at the, that data. Yeah, one thing that we are seeing and that we're forecasting is coming into this holiday season because we're on year two of the pandemic and it it is getting better but we i don't know how you guys in the states have been doing i know here in in new brunswick we've been in a fourth wave the past like five weeks and pretty much everything is in lockdown again and it's been really hard for people just because it's so ongoing it's like two years of this coming back into the holidays people are just emotionally exhausted Mm -hmm. yeah and and because of that it puts a strain on the healthcare system so nurses are exhausted doctors are exhausted anyone in the medical field are exhausted and anyone in the mental health field are just burnt to hell yeah no this is this is a rough time for everybody i think in a sense um but i think you're right i think given circumstances given you know the past two years everybody's really burned out at this point and so that small um what do you call that small like little thanksgiving argument now turns into a lot more now that turns oh, into and starts, up. yeah, yeah, it becomes family breaking, you know, and that's, you know, kind of things we want to avoid. And I don't know. I Plus, go too it, personal it brings, on this sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it brings up these political family divides in terms of right or wrong, science or uh, personal beliefs in terms of getting a vaccine or not. And it creates these rifts where people then start to isolate themselves in pockets where there are times we should come in together, but it creates this turmoil where people have a harder time doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's also, even 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 outside of like the political this whole time of year can bring up a lot of either known or repressed sort of family trauma you know because what everything we see throughout these next 3 months oh loving happy families who are spending christmas and thanksgiving or the holidays together and it really makes us kind of check in and like oh shit well, that's I not my family that. yeah yeah and it causes people to go into a spiral of what's happened, what's gone on, whether it was just the past few years or whether we go back into, you know, childhood and everything. And it's really rough. Sometimes the holidays are not holly and jolly. I was thinking of a pun. I couldn't come up with anything. (laughs) (laughs) I I talked with the team at, at the university I work at 
and they see a lot more of the students than I do because they're the counselors. They do the drop-ins. I'm only there like one day a week. But we've been seeing a shift in the past three years or so of students coming in with more complex and more severe mental health difficulties, whether it be anxiety, depression, OCD, and significant amounts of trauma. And the pandemic is not helping, it's just lighting a fire underneath that. No, because especially for kids for a whole year, where some of them, their reprieve was actually going to school for eight hours, that was taken away. Um, I'll speak for, well, I don't live in New York anymore, but I'll speak a little bit for New York. You know, as soon as somebody cut test positive, school shuts down and goes to remote for 14 days. So now you have like this on and off, on and off for kids. And it becomes a very, very chaotic. um, I don't want to use the word toxic, but it just becomes a very chaotic environment, you know, because going to school was, you know, we all used to joke like, oh, we hated going to school. But we all know that there are kids who look forward to getting out of the house and going to school for various reasons. Yeah, and it's nice. <laughs> it's it's a break. Mm-hmm. And so. people look at the impact of the pandemic as to how many people get sick, how many people die. And from a mental health perspective, we're looking at, okay, this is going to be last, a lasting issue far beyond when we get a hold of the pandemic. So a few years down after we kind of get everything under control, we're we're still going to be feeling the effects from the pandemic, whether mm-hmm. they're long term COVID effects, but also impacts from the isolation, the anxiety that um, gets developed, the trauma, the depression. On a, a funny, well, not necessarily a funny note, but during my um, my provincial examination, the panel asked me a question that that really got me thinking in, in terms as a, a professional, the tools that I rely on to help me make a clinical diagnosis to evaluate someone and the severity of their symptoms have been around for quite a long time. I, I've been using them, I'm used to them, but they're no longer valid. Mm-hmm. All of the the tools, all of the measurements that I use to say, oh, this person has severe depression, and here are all the measures that I have that that show this, are based on normative data that were taken before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So now we're left with almost nothing. As yeah. a professional, we're left with okay, now how do I diagnose someone? How do I know the severity? What are the treatment protocols? Not even thinking about the legal ramifications about going to court on that. Right. So we oh, all have something to, I dread. Oh, I haven't yet have to have gone to court, and I hope I don't have to. Me either, oh, but, but I, always but something again, I keep in the back of my mind. But again, it, it, they ask the question, all right, well, if it goes to court because an insurance company is, um, say, disputing your diagnosis, 
and you'd show up with these measures, the judge is going to throw them out because they're no longer valid for the current pandemic. Yeah. So it adds this added level of wonder and concern as to how severe are things now and what are kind of the societal shifts that happens. Yeah. And it really is almost an aspect of like, well, okay, then where do we go? You know, do we continue to use Beck's depression scale or is there going to, do we modify it? And who am I to modify Beck's depression scale to factor in COVID? Right. I know with DSM five, they put in, um, uh, damn it. I'm going to forget now, but very specific scales in the end. They had, they had a name. Oh, it's going to destroy me. I'm going to have to look it up. Um, But again, they put in these very significant measuring scales and they kind of do. They go out the window. Not out the window. 2013. The DSM-5 was built and was released in 2013. Cross-cutting symptom measure. Yeah. (laughs) So it it creates this, how do we measure things? How are people being affected and how do we best help them? And how do we differ- differentiate between what is situational anxiety because of the pandemic? What is major depression, situ- situational depression, anxiety? And how long is it going to kind of continue moving along this way? Yeah. Yeah. So it creates this burden on the, the mental health field and on the clients of they want treatment they're looking for treatment and there's not enough of us around to provide all of this treatment yeah no it's interesting i've been looking to um kind of branch out on my own i've always done or worked with a group worked with an organization um and i was talking with a with a friend of mine who is paneled with a few insurance companies and I'm always so scared, even though I work for an insurance company. I'm like, I'm always so scared paneling for like insurance company. Um, Cause then it's like, I don't want to get rejected. No. Um, but I, I, I said, I was like, well, what's the process? Like how many times did you have to apply? And she said once, and they took me with open arms because of exactly what you just said. There are so many issues going on. There are so many people seeking out help and not enough people to provide it. So they're taking, not that they're taking just every, anybody, but they're more open to accepting people than being restrictive. And and it creates, and it's sad for us to say this, but it creates a dangerous landscape of predatory individuals that are not qualified or may not have the best of intentions that prey on a vulnerable population for financial gain. I've been yeah. seeing it online over this past year. And it's something uh, that we're going to do a small special on in, in the coming months. Have some of the ideas that I have rolling around in my head uh, about <laughs> this in terms of... Just to be exact. Yeah, only 32. 32 up only. now. Only, only 32. <laughs> but it's created this issue of... People don't know where to get their information or if the information that they're getting is 
relevant to them. Right. So it comes yeah. to to us as professionals to try to be this this voice of kind of cutting through all of the the misinformation to hopefully bring as much help as we can in so many different forms that we're not really used to. One thing I've been reading and, and hearing is a lot of mental health professionals are extremely wary and not very comfortable one sharing that type of information, but sharing it on these online platforms. So it creates this dynamic where some of the information's out there. It, it just gets drowned yeah, by other type of information. Yeah. Yeah. And which, and even with that, you get, even if it's, even if it's not drowned, right. Even if it's there, if you have the wrong person talking about it, or not promoting it properly, it just continues that horrific cycle of like misinformation being spread. You know, I've seen it a lot through TikTok. Oh, as, t- TikTok's a a big oh, spreader of that. Oh my god! There was a big movement lately. I don't know if you've seen it about um, is a the trauma response movement. Yes. Everything's a trauma response. Trauma response now. You know, far be it from me to quantify or you know talk about trauma. You know, uh, from for somebody else, I should say. But there also is becoming a trend where everything is trauma. And here's my take on that. And not to necessarily be harsh, but it's like we're also taking away then from those who have experienced and witnessed that significant trauma, right? Being told no is not a trauma. Being hurt by somebody that you love or that you cared about, that's a trauma. And that invokes a significant biological and chemical response, especially depending at a younger age, right? So I have a hard time with that sometimes, especially when I see it on TikTok, but also especially when I see on TikTok people spreading like psychological facts and there's zero, there's zero backing behind it. And then you look in the comments and everybody's like, oh, I have that. Oh, I do that. Oh, I'm that. And I'm like, okay. I'm Again, I'm not going to sit here and say that you're not experiencing these symptoms. I'm not because that's not my role. And I don't comment on tiktok this is all internally in my head (laughs) but i'm like if that's the case then go see somebody please do not follow joe schmo on tiktok who has no background who's just saying relatable things if you're truly feeling this way go seek out help and support please don't listen to you know jazzy seven on tiktok and Um, what happens is they a lot of people hit this wall of when they finally do kind of muster up that energy to seek help. We're all full and we have no more room. Right. So it right. kind of kicks them back to this either on TikTok, on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever, where they feel they develop this community or they get some of the information or this help and it's a failing of our systems where 
we don't have enough to meet the demand. Right. Right. And I don't know. Love and I hate TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) My wife is literally on it right now in the living room. I hear it. I hear the scrolling and I hear her laughing at videos. (laughs) It's great, but it's also awful at the same time. It's just like every other social media platform. It's great because it's, you know, you get cute videos of cats, but then it's awful because you get misinformation about everything else. (laughs) So I think this is kind of a part where we try to come in where, and I know we won't reach everyone, but to try to bring out as much quality information as possible. Yeah. Yeah. When we had, um, when we had Dr. Mick on very similar conversation where it's like, you can't just go spouting random, you know, what you think are facts and truth without a background, not even without a background, but without like paperwork, without resources, without, you know, peer reviewed articles, you know, even with things in the kits, right. I'll always include because none of my information is original. I got it from somewhere. That was the one thing that my master's program taught me. You're not original. Cite it. <laughs> yeah, it's it cited somewhere. <laughs> right. So it's like, it's cited somewhere because it's developed, tried, and tested. Right. Right. I'm not just saying this because it worked for me once on a rainy day in, you know, July. Like this is proven, this has been tested. It's interesting. One of the trainings I had to do for my job was to look at, and I knew it, but it was so it's always nice to refresher. Like what goes into peer reviewed and evidence based practices, and what the process oh. is like. Yeah, it is a pain. <laughs> oh, it's a pain. And I'm going through this, and I'm like, oh god, thank God I don't do that. Thank God I just follow what they put out. <laughs> I like, I'm okay with hat. that to research psychologists that build these tools. And certainly now, like I mentioned, we, um, most of our tools are, are no longer valid. We only have yeah. one. Uh, one that recently got released is the the MMM, MMPI-3, which mm-hmm. now has COVID norms. Yep. So we have one. And they're having to do all of these studies to try to get these tools out to us again. And I I really do not envy them. It is scary what this pandemic has done on a global level, not just obviously the impact that it's had on people, but the impact that it's had on several institutions, medical, financial, mental health, anything, anything, you name it, it's had a housing market. Christ, getting this house was atrocious. Um, but inflation is through the roof. Yeah. Wood is too damn high. No, I'm joking. Yeah, um, well, wood wood was too damn high for a long time. Wood is too, yeah. Yeah. Right Man, now, this- gas prices here are insane. Uh, I It cost me. So I have a 65 liter tank. So bear with me with metric system. <laughs> so a 65 liter tank. <laughs> It cost me right at the start of the pandemic when things went down, I think it was like 50 some bucks to, to fill up my, my SUV, which is like, I've, I've never seen it this cheap for quite yeah. a long time. And I gassed it the other day. Gas is a 
about 149 per liter. Okay. On a 65 liter tank cost me 95 bucks to wow. fill up a 65 liter tank. Like, damn. Yeah, it's a lot. What's uh, liters and gallons? We're in America. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I do the conversion. No, I don't need a conversion. Hey, 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 Siri. <laughs> so one liter is 0.26 US gallons. I knew that. Thank you, Google Trend. <laughs> but no, it, it, it everything that it has touched, and now it really is. It's coming out in a in a in a diagnostic it in a diagnostic way for mental health, where you have to take into account COVID norms. Think about that word for a second: COVID norms. Like we all knew we would get to this point, but nobody wants to be at this point, and it's such a hard transition for everybody. Like Joe said at the start, you know, we were at Comic-Con, right? And Comic-Con passed. Nobody, you know, you didn't wear a mask. There wasn't, you weren't yelled at for not wearing a mask. Like you just walked around. We had a blast. Don't get me wrong. Mask was fine. I don't care. My wife doesn't care. She works in a hospital setting. So she's it's, it's on it. her 24-7. Right. But then we looked at, you know, the vendors and everybody and... It wasn't as many. And you start hearing like, oh, so-and-so couldn't make it. They shut down, right? Uh, Wild Bills, where I get all these freaking mugs from, not selling soda because they're not allowed to. And like that's a staple for Comic-Con where it's like, yeah, you walk around, you get in your mug, you get free soda, and you continue to buy comics. Nope. And and again, I'm talking small on a much smaller scale, right? Because, again, soda is not that big of a deal. But on a much grander scale, people are not, and rightfully so, not everybody is coping with this and handling this transition well. And it is something that I think, yeah, we have to take into account as we as this field moves forward in this COVID norm world. And it's something that I've been telling clients and I've been telling a lot of people around is they have this whole mentality of, oh, you you can only limit screen time to a certain amount of time. And there comes to a point where right now we're trying to survive. Mm-hmm. If your kid wants to play a little bit more, I don't know, Roblox or Minecraft, let them play Roblox or Minecraft or Fortnite with their friends. Because that's kind of their only interactions that they have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that conversation a lot with parents. And either parents are okay with it or they absolutely hate me. And I'm like, yeah, but they were shut down for like two years. The only the only way they got to see their friends is to play Fortnite together. Like, ah. Yeah, you, you, you still got to limit time. You still got to put in certain restrictions. But we kind of have to loosen them up a little bit. Right, and right. That Yeah. And I think God that sometimes. Netflix and Disney Plus yeah. and Game Pass now and. Yeah. No, and I think that's that sometimes people have not everybody has issues with finding that kind of sweet spot with it, right? And now you throw COVID in. Everything's Nobody knows where middle ground is anymore. Mm-hmm. Middle ground's a mystery. And it's making it hard even within the gaming community. 
people have been wanting to play the new PS5 or the the new Xbox uh, Series X. Yeah. And they can't. Or somebody wants a 3090. You can't find one. If you can find one, they're they're sold out like that. Right. Or they're they're gouged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo Switches are going like the new ones, the OLEDs are going yeah, the OLED for they were selling for three, they're going for seven. It's yeah, like there's someone selling one here for actually pretty cheap. They're selling them for four fifty. Like what <laughs> I mean, I would buy that <laughs> at this point. Because you know, silly me, I was like, oh, I'll just go to GameStop, I'll trade in my Switch, I'll get the upgraded, and they laughed at me. They were like, ha ha. You didn't reserve it. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Lesson learned. Right. On right. a side note of the Switch, if you haven't played Metroid yet, go play Metroid. I know. I have to. I know it you were telling phenomenal. me before. Uh, my friend Mikey is like yelling at me to get it. I do. I have to get it. <laughs> um, I will. My friends told me it was a bold claim, and I, I'm backing it, and I will stick to it. It is on par with Super Metroid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard that too. And I, but I, I've heard it's got that that Dark Souls esque level of difficulty. Oh, the bosses are, are, are not easy. Yeah. No, but I've heard. Yeah, I've you, heard you it's have fun. to play with a pro controller. Yeah, I still need one of those. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> I just I usually plug in my adapter and use my Xbox controller. <laughs> Yeah, that works. Yeah. Just got to get used to the A and B button switched. But no, it's uh, it's incredible what's what's changing, what's shifting. And thankfully, you are a licensed psychologist that can be a part of this change. <laughs> I'm, no. we're, we're all trying to do the best that we can. Yeah. And I think the main takeaway from tonight is for everyone to just try to do anything that they can to feel good, to be safe and to just kind of weather through this storm. It'll eventually get better. I wish I would have an answer as to when, but it it will get better in some way, shape or form. Oh, Joe, you're there. I didn't even know you were with us. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. I've been listening to the conversation, but also, working what was the last thing we said? Uh, we'll get through this together. For that, uh, yep, flannel sheets or fleece. <laughs> we're talking about Metroid. About Metroid. People play that still? I'm kidding, bro. The new one. We also got to play Animal Crossing. Just letting you know, yes, the new update came out. Oh, oh, we have to have Joe play Animal Crossing on stream again. And we have to have him get uh, Metroid and play Metroid on stream. They just did a whole brand new massive update, new villagers. They did like mm-hmm. something else I haven't played in a while. But yeah, got to get back on stream. Now that the muzzle is lifted, and I can actually play with you guys on stream. <laughs> well, to be honest, I had fun the two times I played Animal Crossing on stream. And I know from the one charity stream that i have five more days of it um <laughs> but since then it's it's just been busy so it's been pretty difficult trying to find time to do that but 
We have a lot of cool things in the works. We, we do. do. We do. We do. Animal Crossing is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. Uh, yeah. You know what? Can't wait maybe, to share all of this with everyone. Maybe we'll do a, like a Sunday morning Animal Crossing. Oh, my. Coffee and Animal Crossing. Pajamas. Coffee and Animal Crossing. Just drink the coffee. And do some whatever. brunch. Yeah. Whatever. Brunch with Guardians Mental Health. Ooh. Luncheon. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, brunch lunch. sounds better. We can have mimosas. You know, I, I did do this thing at my day job where actually we are going to be doing a um, chicken noodle, homemade chicken noodle soup cook off with everybody. So I, I would love to do maybe a brunch cook off. Like we'll do animal coffee, animal, uh, animal, animal coffee, yep, animal, animal coffee. coffee. Yeah. And then for not brunch, a bad name we'll, to be honest with you, animal coffee, animal coffee, you know, play animal crossing, drink coffee. I'm down with that. We could, you uh, see my coffee process now, what I have to go through. Yeah. I mean, by the time you get a full cup done, the stream will be over, but you know, it'll be a no, really good Amanda, cup of coffee. Amanda got me an electric grinder. I don't have to hand grind my coffee beans anymore. It's not the same. It's not the same. You're not going to get that same satisfied like i grinded this by hand oh no it's fine it tastes the same it tastes you don't use a pummel uh no i had it was like literally like he hand cranked that thing we were getting ready to crank the bowl with the pummel stone and mortar and pestle and just (laughs) no dude he's sitting there we're in the kitchen and i'm like waiting outside for them to come out like hey we're we got to head into the city and go to the convention matt's making coffee it was five minutes and I go into the house. I'm like, what's going on? Ask him. I go in the kitchen. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm making my coffee. And he's sitting there like hand cranking. First of all, it's a science. Okay. I got it in pour over. <laughs> it's a real since science. Work- since I'm working from home, I figured if I'm going to work from home, I'm, I want everything. Hey, people like the best went into sourdough bread during the pandemic. You got into right. coffee. I went into coffee. So now I do pour over coffee and I hand grind the beans. I pre-wet the filter. I learned how to do pour over iced coffee. So I have to wet the filter first, empty out the craft, and then fill it with ice, boil the water. It's a science. It really is a science project. Um, And I'm now addicted to coffee because I make it too damn strong. (laughs) (laughs) Bean juice makes makes you go wee. Bean juice makes me go wee. And when I don't have bean juice, Matthew get headaches. <laughs> and oh, this was fun tonight. Yeah, I missed you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was good. We'll 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 get back on a regular schedule, and uh, we'll get some other guests on to uh, yeah to to join in our our ramblings and whatnot. It'll be fun. I gotta. I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm working. Put we it have, that way. Uh, we have some things in the in the works some ideas uh, a few different fronts around. yeah yeah which uh maybe we'll get to listen to some of those tonight after the podcast <laughs> possibly yeah i'm down all right but um yeah i think we've gotten to the end of uh end of the night for us matt you want to take us out uh yeah Thank you as for I joining sh- us at the Guardians Mental Health as Podcast. I sh- <laughs> as I scramble back. to get plugs. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for tuning in with us once again and welcoming dare make the fun of pristine my- Dr. Williams. 
uh, back to the podcast and to everyone's lives. Be sure to tune in on Tuesday night for Animal Coffee and for Saturday night, Yahoo. No, um, <laughs> I had nothing. I, I literally like was I got it up at that. Okay. <laughs> uh thank you all for listening to the guardians mental health podcast as joe said uh if you can please leave us a review on itunes podbean or wherever you listen to your podcast it helps spread the podcast to others who may not have heard of us gasp keep up to date with everything we are doing over at guardiansmh.org follow us on twitter at guardiansmh and join our partnered that's right i said partnered discord server at discord.gg slash guardiansmh where you can come talk to us, have fun, have some coffee with us, and also get some verified mental health resources. Uh, help us keep the lights on, uh, but more importantly, keep our mental health kits free over at Tiltify.com at guardians-mh slash guardians-mh. We have to shorten that somehow. Um, if you're also looking for some Lit Fire Flame merch, similar to the shirts that I'm wearing. Uh <laughs> Visit us at highscoretees.com slash collections slash guardians mental health. Or you can just go on high score tees. They have a search bar and just type in guardians mental health. That's what I do. Um, but there you'll find Get a bunch of merchandise. <laughs> you'll find a bunch of, of merchandise, some t-shirts, some coffee mugs, um, some cool, some cool things. Um, if anybody is listening right now and you're in the Jersey area, which if you are, I'm sorry, but we will be at the Great Jersey Comic Expo tomorrow at Bellworks in Homedale. Uh, we got a last-minute booth. Very good friend of mine. Um, my cousin-in-law, actually, Frank, and his good friend, uh, Stan, invited us. We met them at New York Comic Con. Um, Frank was the one who had the lightsaber with me, Joe. Um, <laughs> um, and so proud. Super New Jersey. Excuse me. Um, we will be there. We have a booth. Um, we're going to be, me and Amanda will be manning the booth. Um, 11 to we'll 6. Be woman, we'll be womaning the booth. I'm, I'm getting yelled at. I'm getting backseat plugs right now. Okay. Um, we'll be hanging out there. If you're in the Jersey area, come on down. Tickets are still available. They're selling out fast. Though. They're like $10. And you get to come hang out with us. Some really cool comics, some really cool boots. A lot of artists are going to be there. Both local and industry artists will be there. And more importantly, we'll be there. We got mental health kits. We got everything. Come join. All right. I'm done. Thank you. Very nice plug. I try. I try. You know, I didn't have that one written out. It was all off the dome. That, that sultry radio voice. Well, I have a face made for radio. There's another. I'm going to resist. <laughs> okay thank you everybody so much for tuning in with us have a great night thank you again for being with us we appreciate all of you have a wonderful night and we're gonna say bye right. have a good night everyone. bye bye bye